0: Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. We all remember the Takata airbag story. Well, here's a story that sounds a lot like it, but a different company and a different story. So Sean sent this to me, thank you very much, from the Associated Press out of Detroit. Uh, Tom Krischer wrote it. U.S. steps toward forcing recall of 52 million airbag inflators that can explode and hurl shrapnel. Sh- hurl shrapnel. You don't want shrapnel being hurled at you while you're in a car accident. Uh, you've got more important things to worry about. The U.S. government is taking a big step toward forcing a defiant Tennessee company to recall 52 million airbag inflators that could explode and hurl shrapnel and injure or kill people. NHTSA, the National Highway Traffic State Administration, said it has made an initial decision that the inflators made by ARC Automotive and under license by another company are defective. Agency scheduled a public hearing on October 5th, a required step before deciding to seek a court-ordered recall. The process generally is this. NHTSA tracks information regarding complaints people make and things that are safety issues with automotive issues. So they start hearing that a certain problem is happening with a car. It's a safety issue. They start tracking it. And when they think it becomes statistically significant to the point where it's obviously not a one-off it's not an oddball thing. It's actually a problem with a platform or a model or something. They can then approach the manufacturer and say, we think you should do a recall. And many companies will say, okay, we will. Depends on how big the recall is going to be, though. And occasionally they get pushback. I've seen it from vendors and I've seen it from manufacturers. I remember a famous example where NHTSA told Chrysler that they had a problem with how the seat belts were anchored in the back seat of one particular car. And Chrysler put up a fight on that. And um, so you you can object, but if you don't cooperate with them and just do it voluntarily, they say, fine, we're going to hold the hearing. And after the hearing, depending on how it goes, we could order the recall. However, if you're involved in this, as you might guess, if they order the recall and you disagree with it, you can fight them in court. Of course, that's expensive. You can't outspend the U.S. government. But it might be worthwhile if they're asking you to recall 52 million items. In May, the agency asked ARC to recall the inflators, which they say are responsible for at least seven injuries, and that's NHTSA saying that, and two deaths in the U.S. and Canada since 2009. So you're looking at a 14- or 15-year period in which case two people have died and seven people were injured. The question is, spread out over 52 million items, is that enough to force a recall? ARC has refused to issue the full-scale recall, setting the stage for a possible court fight. Messages were left recently seeking comment from the company that maintains that no safety defect exists, that NHTSA's demand is based on a hypothesis rather than technical conclusions, and that the agency has no authority to order uh, a manufacturer to announce a recall. NHTSA wrote, These airbag inflators may rupture when the vehicle's airbag is commanded to deploy, causing metal debris to be forcefully ejected into the passenger compartment of the vehicle. A rupturing airbag inflator poses an unreasonable risk of serious injury or death to vehicle occupants. NHTSA wants ARC to recall the inflators in driver and passenger front airbags from at least a dozen automakers. Now, neither ARC nor the auto industry has released a full list of vehicle models with those airbag inflators in them. So that's kind of strange that they say all these airbags out there in cars that are causing problems, recall them all. And all this information is public. But if you ask them, go, okay, what cars are they in? NHTSA has not released that yet. At least 25 million vehicles in the U.S. roads are believed to contain them. That's out of 284 million vehicles in the road. So it's not quite one in 10, but it's, it's maybe one in 12. It makes you wonder about your odds. Owners of vehicles made by at least a dozen auto brands are left to wonder anxiously whether their vehicle contains such an inflator. And that could be... Chevrolet, Buick, GMC, Ford, Toyota, Stellantis, Volkswagen, Audi, BMW, Porsche, Hyundai, and Kia. Though ARC is resisting a full-scale recall, automakers have conducted seven smaller recalls of inflators since 2017 that are attributed to isolated manufacturing problems. Those recalls included one that GM announced in May involving nearly a million vehicles. And keep in mind that automakers are eventually responsible for the recall. NHTSA can order it, and if the company goes through it, they got to pay for it. That's why they push back. Initially, NHTSA said that an estimated 67 million inflators should be recalled, but it revised the number to 52 million due to a manufacturer response that said that they had overcounted, and apparently NHTSA agreed with that. NHTSA contends that byproducts from welding during the manufacturing process can clog a vent inside the inflator canister That is designed to let gas escape to quickly fill the airbags in a crash. In the defective products, pressure can build to the point where the canister is blown apart, which would then create shretnel. Inflators that NHTSA seeks to recall are from before 2018 when ARC finished installing scopes to monitor welding byproducts and events. Uh, NHTSA said Napro is unaware of any explosions involving inflators that were manufactured after that point. So company further argues the Federal Motor Vehicle Safety Act does not require vehicles and equipment to never experience a failure. Rather, the act seeks to protect the public against unreasonable risks. And there's more to the story than that, but I can tell you right now, there have been some lawsuits filed. A lot of people to say, look, I was, you know, somebody says I was in a vehicle, that was in an accident, got injured unreasonably by this thing, and it was defectively manufactured. And that quite very well could be the case. I think some of those are still in court right now, so we don't know the results of those cases, and we won't for a little while. But the issue is this. What's an unreasonable risk? What's an unreasonable risk versus a reasonable risk? And, you know, you can look at it mathematically. And you say, okay, you got two deaths over millions of cars. And uh, what is it? Seven injuries over millions of cars. And it does seem like that is a minuscule fraction of the vehicles out there. Is it unreasonable? And so... I mentioned a couple days ago that there's a law that says that if you, if you substantially win a case, you get something. But if you presumably win but not substantially, you don't. And the question I always had was, if you won, isn't that substantial? It must have been substantial. because it, it, was, it was enough to win. <laughs> Most people simply want to win. Can you imagine if they went back after the season ended in baseball and said, oh, by the way, We've decided to only count the games where you won by three runs or more. Two or more doesn't count. you like, no, of course. No, you win, you win. And so the question is, what's an unreasonable risk? Is the unreasonable risk how many injuries per 1,000? Or is the unreasonable risk the mere fact that the airbag going off could injure you more than the car accident would have? <laughs> Which seems unreasonable to me. I wouldn't, want, I wouldn't want the airbag to injure me more than the car accident would have without the airbag. And if that's the case, that seems unreasonable to me in one instance. But, but I don't know that a court's ever actually ruled on that particular language. And so every now and then when somebody's facing this, you know, they sit down and they go, okay, government wants us to recall 52 million airbags. That literally means tell the people to bring it in and we will replace it at our cost. The cost of notification for 52 million people is actually an oppressive number. You don't want to know what that number is. I don't know what it is, but I guarantee you it's large. Because as we've pointed out before, you send them a postcard and half the people don't respond. Did they see the postcard? You send them another postcard, they don't respond. You then send them a letter. I've heard of them before. They, They actually called somebody after sending registered and certified mail and so the burden is on them to notify 52 million people and that's only a fraction of the cost because then you got to say okay bring the car here and we'll fix it at our cost no cost to you so now you've got to manufacture the part ship it to the place where they're gonna get the work done handle all the logistics of that and Excluding everything I just described to you, simply the cost of making 52 million new airbag inflators and saying, Yeah, here you go, 52 million. That's going to cost some money. And so, what happens generally, I would assume, in a corporation like this facing an issue like this a bunch of honchos sit down in a room with some attorneys and some experts on on uh, automotive law and NHTSA, and they go, What are our choices? Well. Option A is what that man on the video just described. It's expensive. Option B is we can fight this at the hearing, and if we lose there, we can fight that in court. Will we win in court? Hard to say, but it does get you into a battle where the answer is probably a binary proposition, meaning that you either recall 52 million airbags or you don't. So is there a chance that you can go in and come out the other end with a court saying you don't have to do that? You don't have to do that. If that's possible, you might want to roll the dice net that and take a shot. If it's not, you might want to go, okay, what can we do to either reduce the cost of doing this for 52 million vehicles or perhaps narrow it from 52 million to a smaller number? And that, if that's possible, that would be nice too, but you never know. But the scary part is that right now, they've not identified the vehicles these airbags are in, and it makes you wonder. Um, I've never been in a car where the airbag deployed. Just never have. Driven a lot of miles in my life, been in a couple minor accidents, never my fault. But I've never been in a car with the airbag deployed. I know people who have had airbags deployed, and I've known people who were hurt by the airbags deploying because it is a violent thing that happens right in front of your face as quite often you are about to go forward and hit the steering wheel. Instead of hitting the steering wheels, airbag hits you. And I've had people tell me that they that they were hurt, but not hospital hurt, but you know, shaken up a little bit or burns or scrapes or something from the airbag. Uh, I've also had stories before where people got injured and it's unclear where the injury came from, whether the injury would have been that bad or not without the airbag. And I've also heard people before who were injured severely by airbags. I'm not going to get heavily into that. But there were also stories years ago, someone's sitting in a car in a parking lot with the car in park and the airbag just goes off. And so weird things can happen with mechanical stuff, and bad things can happen. The question is, is two deaths and seven injuries, is that enough to have a recall for 52 million airbags? And the question is, we don't know. The answer is, the answer is we don't know. We'll find out soon. So as of right now, it looks like the two sides are lining up to do battle. We'll see what happens. Sean, thanks for sending it from the Associated Press and Tom Krischer who wrote it. U.S. steps toward forcing a recall of 52 million airbag inflators that can explode and hurl shrapnel. Questions or comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye bye. Thank you for watching Leto's Law. Computers are not intelligent, they only think they are.